Morning, everybody. Um, it's good to, to see you, um, to be together, isn't it, this morning? Such a shame that we weren't able to hear from Alex. That, uh, like Chris, I encourage you to join us tomorrow evening so that we can hear more about the amazing ministry that he's involved in in Uganda, That um, particularly uh, uh, during this season, that they're making quite an impact there. So do, do join us tomorrow if you can. I know, speaking to lots of people, how much uh, we're all enjoying this uh, present series that we're in at the moment, looking at the Psalms. Hasn't it been an amazing series so far as we've been exploring Matt more about our wonderful God, uh, what an amazing God he is. And today we get to look at our faithful, steadfastly faithful God. And um, to do that, we're going to look at Psalm 33. So I'd like to begin uh, by reading it, it, reading it together this morning. So Psalm 33. It's not too long, so let, let's read it together. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with harp. Make music to him on the ten-stringed lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters into the, of the seas into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people who he chose for his inheritance. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything that they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those who hope in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In, in him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your, uh, your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Shall we pray together? Father God, we thank you for your word this morning, and we pray that as we um, look together at this psalm, we might find out and discover more about your amazing love and your faithfulness this morning. We ask that you would speak to us as we Listen and wait upon you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there's a, a brand of clothing that has a strap line that it sews into the back of each of its garments and it says, faithful and true. How an item of clothing can be faithful and true, I'm not really sure. I guess they want the wearer to know that the garment is, is not going to wear out, it's not going to let them down, um, that it's going to faithfully make them feel like a million dollars when they wear it that it's never going to lose its shape or its colour, that it's going to be true to what it says, faithful and true. It's quite an interesting marketing strategy, isn't it? Well, I wonder what the words faithful and true uh, bring to your mind when you hear them. Do you think about somebody who's dependable and reliable, somebody who's honest, a promise keeper, 
somebody who's loyal and devoted. Or perhaps when you hear the word faithful, it takes you to the negative, to the unfaithful, and you think of people in your life who've been unfaithful to you. Well, the Bible has a recurring theme of God's faithfulness. Right in Exodus, God gives his name to Moses, and this is what he says his name is, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. What an amazing name that our God has, abounding in love and faithfulness. Throughout the Psalms, we hear again and again the theme of God's faithfulness. And I just picked out Psalm 36, which says, Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. And even in the Psalm we just read um, together, God is faithful in all, in everything that he does. Well, going back to that clothing brand, I have to be honest and say that I rather like their clothes. Um, they, are, they are pretty faithful and true. They do go on for years, they keep their shape, they um, stay in good condition. But I have to say that some of them, the colour has faded and they have lost their shape a bit. They've not really uh, lived up to their name. So I know that those clothes are great, but they're not always great. And I wonder sometimes if we think about God like that, that sometimes we think that God is faithful and true most of the time. Most of the time he lives up to his name most of the time we're grateful for his faithfulness towards us. But sometimes, and we might not even want to admit this, but we're not completely convinced that God is faithful because he doesn't always seem to pull through as we kind of hoped he would. Perhaps because bad things happen and your marriage breaks up or your child becomes sick or you lose your job or your house sale falls through. Or you never find that life partner that you'd always hoped you would. Or your best friend dies. And then God seems distant and life seems unfair. And you start to doubt whether God really is the faithful God that he claims to be. If that's you this morning, or if, like me, you're really honest, we all have times when we have those thoughts and we have those questions. But what happens here in Psalm 33 is that David is giving us um, the absolute categorical truth that God is faithful and true. That whatever the world throws at us, that doesn't change. So firstly, he takes us to see how God is faithful in creation. At the very beginning of time, before anything and everything else, God was faithful um, if you look again at, at verses four and four, 4 and 5, for the word of the Lord is right and true, the psalmist says. He is faithful in everything he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. Before everything else, God's word is true. God cannot lie to us. He's not decept deceptive. He's not manipulative. His very nature is truth. His motives then are always true. There's no dishonesty in God, no half-truth in him. And the psalmist says, look at, look at creation, look at the God of creation. Verse 6 points us to look at that God, who he is and what happens when he speaks, when he speaks those words of truth. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts 
the deep into storehouses, our creator God. And then verse 9, for he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. It's a shortened version of of Genesis, isn't it? Genesis chapter 1. God said, God spoke, and the world came into being. Even creation speaks of God's faithfulness, of the creator God, the one true God. Nothing came into existence without his perfect, upright word. And so if God's word is right and true, then he must be a trustworthy God. That means that God doesn't decide to be faithful on a whim. He doesn't decide some days to be faithful and others to be not. It's integral to his character. It's integral to who he is. And this goes hand in hand, the verse says, with righteousness and justice. If you have another look at verse 5, God loves righteousness and justice. And those words, they come from the same root word of upright, of straightness, of rightness like a spirit level that you'd use to make sure that a wall is straight when you're building it or putting up a a picture in your home. Completely true, a spirit level is. That is our God, our creator God, perfect in every way, upright in every way. His words and his actions are a speaking out of his character, a speaking out of who he is. And then did you notice alongside all of this, his righteousness, his justice, his faithfulness, God fills this beautiful world that he's spoken into being with his unfailing love. And that takes us back to that verse I mentioned in Exodus at the beginning where God told Moses what his name was. He said, I'm the Lord, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. That is God. That is his name. His love and faithfulness are, are two things that are all mixed up together. They're inseparable God declares himself as committed, as loyal, as dependable. He is unable to abandon those who he loves. This is what the Bible calls covenant language. God made his covenant with his people that he would be their loving and faithful God. And so um, the psalm goes on to say that the obvious response to this amazing creator God, who's full of love and faithfulness towards us, should be one of reverence and fear. It's in verse 8. But instead, what happens is that pride and sin spoils that beautiful creation that God has given to us. Because as humans, we decided that actually we would rather go our own way. And we've turned our back on the God who wants to show us his unfailing love and faithfulness. So the psalmist, having shown us God's faithfulness right at the beginning as who he is in creation, he then goes on to show us that God, this faithful God, is also sovereign now and faithful now. If you look at um, verses 10 and 11, David reminds his readers that God remains in charge of the world that he created. He is the one who by his word sustains and holds the world that he created together. Nations might make um, plans without God, but God's plans can't be disrupted. They can't be spoilt just because we have chosen to turn our back on him. There's no power ever that is able um, to successfully oppose our God. So God is faithful to all he has promised. I love that little line in verse 11 where it says, the purposes of his heart. Isn't that a beautiful picture of a tender-hearted, loving God? 
the purposes of his heart for us when he created the world to love us stand forever. But because God is faithful, because he's righteous and he's just, he looks down at us, he looks at our world and he sees what we've done, what we've become. What the psalmist wants to happen in verses 13 to 19 as we continue through the psalm is that he wants us to understand God's sovereignty and his authority as a righteous and a just God. God sees those who trust in him, but he also sees those who have chosen not to, and he cares for us all. God who formed our hearts to respond to him and his love considers everything that we do. He's not removed or disinterested in us. So he sees those who trust in their own strength. He sees those who try to get through life on their own, those maybe who trust in their employment, their job, to provide the security that they need, those who think that by buying a bigger, better house will find more happiness, those that think by being kind to their neighbour will bring favour from God to them. But he also sees those who fear him, who trust in his unfailing love and faithfulness as their only hope. The problem is that our disobedience in rejecting God and his love couldn't be ignored by a righteous and a just God. So for us to enjoy that unfailing love that he promised us, God not only as our creator and as our judge, as sovereign over us, chose to become our saviour. And Paul puts it beautifully in the New Testament, and I want to read the words to you. He says, the son, that is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Jesus there at the creation of the world with God the Father. For in him, in Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Jesus, before all things, right there at the beginning of creation, and, um, and in, in him all things hold together. Jesus, the word, now holds our world together. And then listen to this. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus, in his son. Jesus remained God when he came to earth. He took on flesh and through Jesus record, reconciled to God all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. How? By making peace. Uh, through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus made peace with God, the peace that we had lost by turning our back on God. Because God is faithful, he continued to love us and made a way through his own son, through sending his own son for us to find peace with God. And so the psalmist goes on to tell us that our faithful God, who was faithful in creation, faithful as our saviour, is going to be faithful forever. But before we get to the, the, the verses at the end of the psalm, you might have noticed I missed out uh, talking about the, the very first three verses right at the beginning. So I just want to encourage you to have a look at those um, now before we move on. Because there you'll notice that the psalmist begins by telling those who are righteous and upright 
that they should praise God, that they should worship God. He's very specific about how it should be done, that we should praise God. And what's really encouraging, for those who aren't musical, he even uses the word shout. So if we can't sing, we can shout our praises to God. Because those who have experienced God's forgiveness through Jesus' death on the cross are those who in God's sight are declared righteous and upright, not because of anything they've done, but because it's been given to us by Jesus. So I think the psalmist says that, that it's the upright and the righteous who can praise God, because those are the ones, we are the ones who have understood God's incredible love and faithfulness. And so then that means we can worship God even when life is tough, even when things are not as we hoped they would be. So when things don't work out how we'd hoped, when our prayers are not answered in the way that we thought, when things just don't make sense, those who know the character of God, who are settled in their mind that God is faithful and true because of who he says he is, because of what he has done, then we, they will continue to worship and praise God, choose to, even though we don't understand. But then if we just jump to the end of the psalm, you'll notice it's kind of sandwiched between two types of praise, and there's a very different type of praise here at the end of the psalm. It's a call to wait and trust in God. Knowing and cultivating a deep relationship with God, knowing that his word is true, that he will not lie to us, that he cannot, because it's not in his character, to make false promises, that enables us to wait with hope. So even when things don't work out, when life is tough and perhaps gets even tougher, even when things don't make sense and God feels far away, we wait in hope because we know the truth that God is faithful. He's promised to be our help, to be our shield. He is sovereign over us. His name is holy. He's true to that name. And therefore, we can rejoice in his faithfulness, even in the storm. So have a look at this last verse of the psalm. I think it's a beautiful verse. It's a beautiful prayer. May your unfailing love rest upon us, even as we put our hope in you. It's a prayer that comes from a place of hope, not of despair. A prayer that we will know the depths of God's unfailing love for us. That faithful love that defines our God. That faithful love that motivates him. That faithful love that promises to be lavished on us if we choose to put our hope in him. As I said at the beginning of um, the message, God's faithfulness runs through the whole of the Bible. God's living word, the word of truth, the Bible that God has given to us, full of his truth of his word, is also full of promises to us. So I thought I'd finish uh, this morning by, by just having a look at some of those promises that God has made to us to remind us that our faithful God will keep his promises. Promises that um, we hold on not because of how we feel, not because of life circumstances that are going on around us, but because we know who God is abounding in love and faithfulness. So in the Old Testament, this beautiful verse, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. 
he will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Wow, isn't that an amazing promise that goes right through to the New Testament, right through into Hebrews where it's quoted again, never will I leave you, God promises. Never, ever will I forsake you. That is our faithful God, our upright and true God, whose word is always true. What a promise that you might want to hold on to today, that God is always, always with you. And even in death, As we know in Psalm 23, what a promise. Even in death, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. God's promise to be with us even in the darkest, most difficult times. That is our faithful God. And then one more promise. We've seen the promise of God to always be with us that whatever we face, his presence is promised. But he also promises along with his presence, his peace. And the familiar words in Philippians, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And listen to this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, doesn't make any sense, but it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. What a promise especially for today, that we have God's um, peace and his presence because he is a faithful God. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you're struggling this morning, remember it's not based on how we feel. It's based on the God's promise of faithfulness. Let's claim his peace and his presence this morning. So as you think about your life, as we think about our lives right now, what we're facing in this moment, those things in our lives that seem to be holding power, that seem to be distracting us from, um, sorry, seem to be dictating our circumstances, that seem to be uh, managing our thoughts and our feelings, that seem so big and and so insurmountable at times. What are we going to do? What are we going to do this week when we feel that way? Are we going to become overwhelmed by fear? Are we going to be driven to that question, is God really faithful? Does he really hold his promises? Are we going to think and convince ourselves that God is not greater than anything we face? Or are we going to do this? Are we going to remind ourselves of the character of God, of his word that we've heard this morning, of his promise to us that he is trustworthy God. Today, let's choose to remind ourselves and let's choose to remind each other through this week of God's faithfulness, of God's unfailing love. We see it in creation. Supremely, we see it in Jesus as our saviour and we see it throughout God's word. Let's choose to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness this week. Let's pray together. If you can, let's be quiet for a moment. Maybe close your eyes. Shut off the distractions around you. And allow God in his presence to bring his peace, to speak to you, to remind you of his love and his faithfulness towards you. I was reminded of some um, very, very familiar words in 
Lamentations 3 this morning. And uh, I looked them up in the message version. I thought they were really helpful. Lamenting the fact that everything in life seems to have gone wrong. I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember that feeling of hitting the bottom. But, he said, there's one thing I remember. I'm remembering I keep a grip on hope. God's love, uh, God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness? And he says, I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. Father God, I thank you that there are times in our lives that are difficult when we feel that we have nothing left. And yet we can say with the writer of Lamentations, you are all I have left. And that your faithfulness and your love is new every morning. Father God, I pray for those of us who are struggling to see and understand your love at this time, that we are choosing to lift our eyes from our problems onto you. I pray, Father God, that you'll speak to our hearts, remind us that you are the creator God. Your word is upright and true, and we can hold on no matter how we feel. Father, I pray today that we might immerse ourselves in the truth of your love and your faithfulness, and that would be our strength to carry us through the week ahead. Father, thank you that your faithfulness, your mercies are new every morning. Amen.